Hey, Jay, Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. I was just listening to your last podcast, talking about uh, Dungeon Fantasy by GURPS and collecting the books in the 90s. I did that too. Their, their source books are really, really good. I mean, very informative, and uh, it's really fun to kind of dig into that historic aspect that you were talking about. And uh, But trying to do that historically accurate game is a bit of a... I don't know. I think it's it's a burden. It really is because a lot of gamers are very up on their their history. A lot lot more better than I am with their history. But yeah, it's it would be fun to do that kind of uh, campaign. But how true do you stay to history? That's always the question. Like, hey, I always like to find inspiration to it. But kind of doing doing it right on. Oh, gonna do Jackson. Welcome to the Game Master's Journal. I'm Che Webster and these are my audio notes recorded here and there between my gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a raw and rough journal, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. You have been warned. It's always that tricky tricky to find that medium for me, like... Uh... I like taking samples of different culture, cultures and then putting them into my game, but trying to run like a an accurate Roman Empire. God forbid I'm trying to run like something like that. I would get schooled by Rob really quick because, I mean, he's an expert on it. And where I could, I have, you know, surface knowledge of it, there's no way I could run a campaign on it. So I, I can understand your your uh, issues with that. but And then trying to figure out a system, what you want to do, I know. There's just too many choices. It's, it's like you're drowning in options, and it's tough to do. I know my BX Essentials games. There's so many. Like while I'm playing it, I'm think I always think, well, I would gonna change this, or I'd change this, or I'd change that. So yeah, well, good luck with that, Che man. If you end up doing a dungeon fantasy one, I you know what, I might be interested. So uh, take care. Hey, Tim, my man. Excellent to hear from you. Thanks for the calling. Yeah, historical games, that's what I'm afraid of. People calling me out on the incorrect stuff I'm going to get wrong all the time because, like you, I have a kind of surface knowledge of history. Anyway, um, I think the wisest thing is what you were talking about, which is making a fancy world and steal liberally from the historical one. And that's kind of what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, and... um, I'm definitely running a GURPS Dungeon Fantasy game, so, uh, you know, there we go. Cheers for calling in, Tim. All the best. Arfid here. Uh, just been listening to your recent episode, and uh, you're having a few problems with one of your players uh, bringing you down a bit. But I just wanted to call in and say how much I'd enjoyed and have been enjoying the last half of sort of season three, or maybe a little bit longer, where you're you're sounding a lot more positive about your gaming you're getting more gaming in which is probably helping um but and i think you went on the course of some sort with the teachers um but yeah the the more positive up uplift in um your gm journal especially has been good to listen to um when i'm listening and your sort of mood is up and down i can find it a bit sort of draining because you're obviously um interested in what you 
what you've got to say and we're trying to support you by listening and uh, doing your patron so yeah keep up the positivity uh, it's going well thanks half head oh great to hear from you again it's been a long while since you called in great to hear from you hey i had no idea why it was so draining to be around and to listen to when i'm down um maybe it's a bit like a white level drain hmm sorry man um but it is really encouraging to hear you tell me how good it is to hear me on an upbeat and i'm hoping this episode you're going to get some more of that i've certainly been gaming this uh, week and i'm hoping that this will be a lifting one for you of course I always have the difficult thing when I'm doing GM's journal. When it's a negative moment, when it's a bad thing, I'm very, 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 very tempted to pull that that like particular bit of the journal. And maybe I should. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Anyway, what I do know is, thank you for calling, man. It's great to hear from you. Game on. I figured I could do worse than sort of try and get my head around the magic system in, in GURPS a little bit. So I've just taken an hour or so, maybe a little longer, and built myself a 125-point um, apprentice character. Um, the magic system has like a load of different spells and prerequisites and all that sort of stuff. It's, uh, on the surface of it, it seems quite complex, but actually it's pretty straightforward as long as you have access to the completely free visual diagram the thing you can get for magic i think it's called magic list or magic spell lists and it's freely available on the sj games website um but those little diagrams are great because they show what spells are prerequisites to other spells and, and all the rest of it which is really easy so i made a kind of fire obsessed mage um, i couldn't help myself um alistan has uh, golden eyes <laughs> uh it got me three points back for a sort of unusual appearance and um, yeah, I made him skinny, and he's a bit of a stereotype. But I figure what I was going to do was take um, Elliston and Elf um, and the character I completely forgot the name of, whom I did yesterday, the Archer, um, and maybe build a third and do a little personal run through of a mini dungeon. I'm thinking of taking my um, Lost Tomb of the Dragon Kings dungeon which has goblins and stuff down there, and just running that with two or three characters as a sort of self-play practice thing, and maybe get around to doing that either tomorrow or later in the week. Um, but hey, it's been fun. I really enjoyed building a magical character and looking at different spells and different things that it can do. Um, yeah, a couple of questions it sort of throw up. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what the effect of armour is. I need to look that up and get my head around it. Uh, on the surface of it, it looks like uh, none whatsoever, but I don't quite believe that. Anyway, other than those things, um, really good. And I still feel much more perked up as well and pepped up. Um, I'm not sure that I feel really confident as a GM again, but I do feel, you know, I'm getting my head around this game slowly. And, and that's good. And I'm enjoying that. Game on. Hey, Sunday morning. Just wanted to quickly make a note. Um, this morning I got up and I noticed that a guy called T-Bone or someone called T-Bone had dropped a nice comment onto an old blog post on ubiquitousrat.net. Um, it's my learning GURPS number one. I think it was a knife fight between uh, Mark and Peter. 
and it pointed out where I'd got things wrong for Mark and was a bit unfair on one of the players was good fun and worth reading but what it did is it nudged me and reminded me of Marcus and Peter who came out of those two characters so all I did this morning is um, sat down I've created Marcus and Peter as Dungeon Fantasy characters so um, I think Marcus is a uh, wielding barbarian type I used the brute and I think Peter if I got this right way around, is a skirmisher, a uh, short sword and buckler kind of guy. Had fun making them, and I'm adding them to um, uh, Ethelstan and Elisan, who are respectively my archer and my um, wizard characters. And my plan is to run them through uh, a small dungeon. So I think, as I mentioned before I'm going to dig out my Lost Tomb of the Dragon Knights adventure and just essentially convert that over to GURPS and run it in GURPS, um, which I think I might have actually done in the past. I think I might have run that adventure using GURPS Dungeon Fantasy before, so I may well have the notes. Um, seem to remember playing it at school. Anyway, so that's the plan. I don't know if I'll do that today or whether it'll be through the week, but I'm going to make sure. I run that through uh, as part of my learning experience. And partly that's because I, I'll i have fun with it, I'll enjoy it. But the big part of it is I realise that familiarity with game comes from playing it. So I want to spend some time um, you know, using the rules. And having built some characters, that's helping. And I think running through a scenario will teach me the basics in, in more depth, if you like. I know in theory how the game works, but never really know a game until you are playing it do you so anyway just a quick thought whispered in the dark on a sunday morning hey sunday afternoon just been playing some gurps dungeon fantasy i decided to take my four hero party to go into the lost tomb of the dragon kings and confront the goblins and I spent a uh, goodly time today playing through um, an encounter outside on the surface. Admittedly interrupted for lunch and one or two other things going on. Um, but taking things slowly, I've cast my first spell with GURPS, which was remarkably simple actually when it came down to it. And fought um, an interesting battle really. A couple of goblins, four heroes. I decided to play the goblins through... The full rules really for their um, abilities. I think often games, um, as you probably do with most games, you know, when you get to zero hit points, you count them as out of fight and out of it and dead. Um, I decided to use the full rules and just see how hardy uh, PCs and creatures can be. And uh, it turns out quite a lot. Getting <laughs> like a lot of punishment. But it was good. I'm very, having I mean, virtually no injury to the party. Um, in fact, I don't think any injury to the party, but um, brutal fight um, in in many ways. So yeah, good stuff. Um, I've got a healthy respect for the wizard. <laughs> um, I've got a healthy respect for um, anyone with an axe. And um, yeah, I kind of liked it. It was good fun. So think what I'm going to do through the week if I get some time and let's be honest I'm probably going to get some time 
I'm going to continue playing through that adventure with those characters and just kind of learning the game as I go. It's good. And I'm hoping that I'll be fewer and fewer lookups as I go so I get more and more fluent with the rules. And that'll be good. So, cool stuff. Right, Monday morning, and um, I've just spent two hours, actually, in a call with Gabriel Rock. Um, I don't know if you remember from back in season two, maybe? Maybe season three? Can't remember now, off the top of my head. Uh, Gabriel and I talked about Arduin. Gabriel's a huge fan of Dave Hargrove's Arduin, and as am I. And um, we had a little bit of a chat about what Arduin was and how we get into it. Today... Um, Based off of really a request I had of Gabriel, I wanted to ask Gabriel what would be the top 10 things that we would import into our own campaign. And um, I just spent basically two hours having that chat. It's fantastic. It leaves me with the quandary of what to do with that. It's recorded. You know, we did we did hop on Anchor together. It was not too bad a, a quality call, and I have it all. Um, and that's really so I could go back and reference it. Um, but... Yeah, so you're going to have to let me know, guys. Do I stick that out as a two-hour episode or do I break that up? I don't know. Um, but anyway, I digress. What it's really done is inspired me and reminded me of some of the amazing things that I can mine out of others' uh, work, not just uh, Hargoves, although that's exactly where I'm going to start. I, I'm really inspired by it. So a lot of little things, actually, that kind of like make a world really come alive, really cool and really exciting. And so... You know, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Dig back through my Arduin grimoires and um, pull out interesting stuff. Hey, just got some mail. Uh, got a little package and a parcel. Um, so I'm going to open the parcel first. Tract 48. Um, here we go. Just slicing open the box. Fantastic. Could be any of a number of things actually. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, in a moment of madness, because I'm such a trekkie, I got the Star Trek Adventures role playing game starter set from Modifius, um, and that box has arrived. It came really quick. I'm a fan of starter sets because it gives a really good way into the hobby. Um, so I have a copy of that, which is fantastic. Starter rules booklet, campaign booklet. Six count sheets, five pair of characters, and a crew starship as well. So that's quite nice. A separate sheet for the ship. Dice um, and tokens and encounter maps. And what's nice about the dice, you get the special dice for the game. There's um, some custom six sided dice that are used in this game for damage and such. Um, and obviously a couple of D20s, which is nice. So yeah, okay, Star Trek Adventures have a look at that in a little bit, actually. Um, I kind of feel like it's something I'd like to run. I own the main game, I own many of the supplements, but it's the 2D20 system from Modifius. Um, and the truth of it is, I own almost all of the 2D20 games, but I've never really, truly had a game. So, looking forward to that. So, okay, Star Trek Adventures. And I've got this little packet, which I'm guessing is going to be something from eBay. So, again, I'll just do a little cut on the paper. It's brown paper, and I think it's going to inside be cardboard um, yeah a couple of bits of cardboard between a soft holding a soft bank book and um, let's have a look so yeah I've been doing a little shopping around on eBay um, as I'm getting as I'm getting into GURPS um, and I 
I found a couple of things really cheap on, on kind of various uh, either shops or uh, as this one is, I think this is what I think it is. Um, on a, uh, what do they call it? An auction. So, here we go. Um, yep, this is the GURPS Atlantis sourcebook um, by Phil Masters. It's a um, third edition book, published around about, yeah, May 2001. Um, now, I've had a digital version of this particular thing for a while, which I got from Warehouse 23. This is wrapped in a bubble like a magazine bag as well, which is kind of nice. I'm just going to take it out. Um, but it's kind of nice. It's, it deals with the myth of Atlantis um, and kind of all of the various kind of myths around it. Um, looking through it, you know, there's the stuff like Theosophy, which kind of appropriated Atlantis. Um, but it goes on the shelf, really, for me, along with all the stuff from the classical period, which inspires me so much in my gaming. And so when I saw it for four quid, you know, a book that originally sort of retailed at probably about $20, $25, something like that. Um, four quid, ladies and gentlemen. Couldn't resist that. Ah, oh, yeah, good stuff. So, cool. I've got Star Trek Starter, Star Trek Adventures Starter Set, and I've got GURPS Atlantis. What a nice way to start the week. Just wanted to make a note of this while I thought of it. I had a really nice email from Baz Stevens. Baz is of the King of Dungeons fame. And Baz and I knew each other way back. Uh, we're talking in the 90s when I was a manager and a staff member at a Games Workshop store. And he was also a manager up the road. And I'm not sure we ever really knew each other very well. But, you know, there's that connection. Anyway, Baz sent me a nice email and... Apparently he's a listener, which really made my day. Um, I find it unbelievable that people who I think of as far more creative and far more kind of talented than me um, turn around and go, hey, you know, I'm enjoying what you're doing. So, Baz, thank you for calling in. And if you are listening to this, you can chuckle to yourself. But um, <laughs> thank you. It really made my morning and I wanted to capture that, you know. Um, thank you. And really love what you do. You know, the smart party, king of dungeons. It's all good stuff. Keep it going, man. Hey, here's something that made me uh, raise an eyebrow this morning. Luderate Gaming Cafe Bar in Nottingham. Monday evening. Put out a notice on Facebook. Um, Breaking news. Luderate announces School of RPG as first faculty within its university. We are pleased to announce that Rebecca Spencer, our resident RPG Games Master, will be part of the initial faculty alongside Mike Mason, Chaosium, Damien Mitchell, Luderati, and Nick Higgins, Luderati slash ESG. More announcements to follow. The school will shortly announce its inaugural GM program aimed at producing accredited Games Masters beginning September. Um, accredited Game Masters. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. I'm not sure really about this entire idea, to be fair, but there we go. There is apparently an RPG Games Hub, hub at Luderati in Nottingham. Um, Mike Mason from Chaosium has been photographed as being GM there. I guess that's all cool. 
I don't feel like, or suddenly don't feel like I'd be very welcome. Why is that? Maybe it's because I'm not accredited. All right, it's Wednesday. It's been a pretty productive morning. I sat down um, probably about eight o'clock and I spent a couple of hours with my uh, map of Northern Palantia. And I've essentially decided on each location on the map. There's probably about 40, 45, maybe 50. I don't know, something like that. About 45, 50 uh, locations of adventure on the map. Um, a good chunk of those are villages and forts and towns, which um, I'm going to kind of populate as needed. Um, Grimm's Fort is obviously already built as a starting place. And then there's a good chunk of like various things. I've got like dungeons and lairs and uh, various kind of camps and other things, monuments, all sorts of weird stuff out there. And what I've done today is I've chosen a series of um, modules that I'm going to adapt to my setting um, and also maps. So I've raided Dyson Logos' website, for example, for some of the nice maps there. Which there's so many hundreds of gorgeous things that I can just steal. So I've done that. And I kind of broadly populated my map. So obviously the next step on map-wise is to actually like really go through and adapt a lot of these places to my setting. Um, perhaps even rewriting the contents of a dungeon, etc. But the main thing at the moment is to sort of have those things on the map. What I'm going to do now, uh, well, maybe not now because I'm kind of tired, but perhaps the next step for me is to generate some rumours that arise from these places. So that's kind of like a cursory initial kind of rumour. Because um, I really want to put together a nice rumour table and I want there to be lots of things that the heroes can hear about. Uh, that might tempt them then into whatever direction they want to go. I'm very keen, if, if you remember, on maximum player agency. So the goals, as far as I'm concerned, are in the players' hands. Where they go and what they do is very much in their hands. Um, so what I've got to provide them with is a lot of uh, interesting things, basically seeing things that may well be potentially interesting to them. So that's good. The next thing um, after kind of generating some of the rumors from that will be then to go dynamic with my map. So I'm going to be using um, the Adventure Conqueror King Supplement Layers and Encounters for this, which basically takes um, a, a range of layers from every creature that's in Adventure Conqueror King game and provides a really nice layer encounter. And this, this will be dynamically filled in on my map. So as people are as my sorry people, the players are exploring my map. Um, when there is a random encounter that throws up a lair, I will be going to the lair book to dig out the details of that. And um, yeah, that should be fun. I think the way it broadly works is I put I'm going to put a load of monsters, uh, wandering monster stuff on my map. There's going to be a chance every time you encounter the wandering monster, you actually encounter it in its lair, and then from that. I'll reference the lair that's in the book because they're quite good. They're really nice. And um, that means I can also choose specifically the creatures I want in my in my map. It's not completely random. But, uh, uh, you know, it kind of gives this thing. So you have a kind of random encounter, <clears throat> encounter these creatures, or this creature, um, and there's a chance. What I'll do is have a, a chance of that being the lair. And if they encounter the lair, obviously, then you're into that sort of mini-adventure which would be cool. And what that'll do is dynamically populate my map. Wherever their heroes go, there will obviously be an increased frequency of um, encounters and potentially lairs, um, which is a wonderful way of procedurally generating and filling up the world. 
um, on top of the 45 or so different locations that I've already placed on the map. And I think essentially the players won't be able to tell the difference between a dynamically generated and a placed map, or at least hopefully that's the case. So um, that's kind of cool. That means it cuts down my upfront prep. It means I've just got to create the table and the chances and I can kind of wing it from there. Sounds good to me. So that's this morning. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a break and then I've got to do some more podcasting. Haha. All right, so here's a cool and exciting thing. Um, I've decided that I'm going to make an artifact deck for my campaign. Um, and to help me do this, I've commissioned the artist uh, James J. Shields to do me some illustrations. We're talking... Um, sort of eighth of a page illustrations of various items and um, I just had a really cool moment of being invited by James to sort of hop onto his Twitch and watch him sketch the first few of those. We're doing them in a few batches of like, like 10 or so images at a time and it's so cool to see someone take a brief description and then kind of turn that into a quick sketch which obviously he's going to be shooting back to me at some point so I can approve each sketch and then obviously he'll go and do the work and it's black and white artwork, pen, you know, pen and ink. And it's just so gorgeous to see an artist working on some idea for my campaign that I can then bring to the table. And I guess it doesn't really matter if the guys know or not, but in a way it'd be cool if they didn't know that. Um, but then again, I guess at least one of them is probably listening. Um, anyway, my point is that it'd be so cool to be able to know make our get these images printed up onto some fairly sturdy card and you know descriptions on the back and, and stuff like that um, work out the details of those car uh what those items do in the game separately and throw those into the campaign i think it's going to add a lot of richness to what we're doing it's an idea that came out of my conversation with gabriel rock the other day um, we're talking about uh, arguing and um, i guess i'll leave my full explanation to that conversation which i hope to release down the line um but uh it, you know to me i'm really excited just really excited to see Jim, james working on the on the art and um yeah that sort of wonderful to and fro of the creative process and it's really got me energized and excited so i want to share that thought right it's thursday morning and i'm really not sure how much interest uh, this particular clip will garner in other people but the other day on Sunday, I think it was, I sat down and I started playing some GURPS Dungeon Fantasy, um, basically using the uh, Tomb of the Dragon Knights um, adventure that I wrote a long while ago for Mithras and then played with D5E and then eventually played also at least once with GURPS Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game at school. Now, essentially, this is a bit of self-play, um, but it's very much on the borders of solo play because I am using um, RPG Solo, the website rpgsolo.com's play to record my um, ongoing story. And in that, I am occasionally rolling um, using the uh, Mithras kind of um, getting answers approach. So I'm basically using an automated version of, not Mithras, that's completely rubbish. Um, I'm actually listening uh, using the Mythic uh, Solo Games kind of uh, fate chart, essentially, but electronic version of that, which is available on RPG Solo. Now, on Sunday, I basically started a story, and essentially, it was 
I kind of made a huge mistake in that I, I allowed my opening scene to be a big fight. That's not necessarily a problem, but basically I did make the goblins play by the rules as written in GURPS. So essentially I treated the goblins as though they were full-on NPCs who could fight to the death and for whom death was as difficult as it would be for heroes. In a Dungeon Fantasy game, generally speaking, and I guess in many campaigns, generally of GURPS, you're probably going to have mooks go down kind of quickly and sort of standard um, opposition like monsters in a dungeon should probably go down when they get to zero hit points rather than worrying about getting into the negatives. Anyway, I won't bore you with all the details because I intend to post a blog, uh, blog post of the story um, in the coming days. But what I thought would uh, I did learn from that was that 125 point characters are pretty cool. Now, I, I kind of thought what I'd do today is I would continue my game and you're going to hear me typing, so that's going to be dead exciting. But I thought I'd continue my game, um, but at the same time record it. So, I don't know, maybe I'll stick this out for patrons, or maybe I'll just stick a nick a little bit of it and put it into the GM's journal, um, as I've done before, I don't know. I kind of felt like I wanted to, to capture the whole experience. Um, so I'm going to let the, the thing roll for as long as memory on my phone will hold out, really. Um, so, the adventure so far... Uh, essentially, my heroes, if I scroll back up my story, my heroes, uh, four adventurers, are on the trail of some goblins who have abducted the local young woman as she was walking home from the village in the night before. She's taken alive and bundled off into the woods. So I've got Aethelred, Elisand, Peter and Marcus. Uh, these are essentially characters that I created for uh, this particular thing. They're 125-point templates from GURPS Dungeon Fantasy 15 Henchmen. Um, and the templates I've used, I've got Peter, who is a skirmisher uh, from Dungeon Fantasy. I've got Aethelred, who's an archer from Dungeon Fantasy. I've got Marcus, who's a brute from Dungeon Fantasy. Um, I love that word. And I've got Elisan, who is a apprentice wizard from Dungeon Fantasy. So, essentially a nice little party. And... They had some shenanigans. They kind of managed to get up to the edge of the, the clearing wherein the goblins uh, there is found. It's essentially a hole in the ground. Um, they took out the two goblins on the surface. That was my adventure and my story on Sunday, really. And now they have uh, overcome those. Um, they are beginning to investigate the lair. So Marcus and Alisan drag the goblins' bodies to the tree line. They gather the he two heads. <laughs> they did manage to decapitate both goblins. Um, and they place those with the bodies. And then the party climbs down the rope. There's a rope at the top of the hole leading down into the lair below. They climb down the rope, taking their time to do so. Um, Elisan did fail the roll and slipped halfway down, suffering a point of damage from the fall. Ouch. Um, but uh, then the, here they are. So the situation is there is a stone-flagged corridor about two yards wide heading northward. While there is light from above, the corridor quickly becomes dark, but a flickering light can be seen ahead from around what appears to be a bend to the right. Taking a deep breath, the party decides to press on. Now, um, two yards wide means I can have two characters. So I'm going to set up my... Two characters abreast, that is. So I'm going to set up my marching order. Um, and I'm going to put... Um, so this got to make sure I've put... Um, Essentially, Peter and Marcus up front, I'm guessing. So, uh, Peter in the front on the left, Marcus in the front on the right. And then behind Marcus, I'll put Elisan. And behind Peter, 
and we'll put an A for red. Okay. So that's my marching order just noted down really. Okay, I think the party the issue I've got is the party don't see well in the dark, but if they light torches, that's going to basically give the game away and they need to scout this. I think it's a a, a role here for um a force for uh, Peter maybe to scout ahead, actually. Um right, so Peter decides to scout ahead down the down the passage and see what's around the corner. One of the things about um, low power play is that um, it does encourage more caution. Uh, these guys aren't terribly low power, they're probably fairly uh, reasonable. They'd be D&D &D terms, probably second or third level. Um, in terms of old D&D &D, this is. But they uh, basically still, they have some vulnerabilities, you know. Um, how many goblins are down there is going to be the question. So, um, I'm going to have to do stealth first. Okay, so, Peter uh, needs to test his stealth skill. Okay, so, from memory, that so basically he's got a 13 skill. Um, and what it's going to do is going to test that the margin of success is will be com, um, compared to whatever's around the corners margin of um, success for observation basically or for um, listening and that kind of stuff okay um, and the thing is here I'm still learning the game and I'm still learning the names of the skills and everything else so probably going to have to do a lot of page flipping and such simply because um, I'm learning. That's why I'm doing this stealth play, by the way, is to learn how this game works. So, stealth roll. So, it's 3d6, 13 or less. Um, Peter's rolled um, 15. Uh, damn. Fail by a margin of 2. <clears throat> now, he's not very stealthy. Um, and anything around the corner is um, going to obviously send a pretty good chance of noticing him. So Thursday afternoon, I've spent the majority of the day um, playing GURPS, actually Dungeon Fantasy, playing through the uh, Lost Tomb of the Dragon Knights adventure that I started a couple of days ago, I think it was Sunday. And uh, yeah, it's been fun, to be honest with you. Um, as a solo, it ain't fast. I mean, with four heroes, our four characters, and um, you know, kind of complex combats going on, yeah, it takes a goodly while. But I have to say, it's very tactical. And as I really do like tactical gaming, I'm a war gamer at heart, you know, so I love my tactical tabletop gaming. I've really been enjoying it, and hugely enjoying it, and I've learned a lot about the game as well. Um, there's an awful lot of lookups going on for me at the moment, but some of the stuff's starting to stick, which is really, really good. But all that aside, this is my holiday and I've really enjoyed it. You know, I, I got on this morning and I wrote um, a blog post about why I like lower points gaming, sort of lower fantasy gaming, which I think 
uh, I needed to get out there. I needed to sort of get it off my chest. Um, and then I just got into some gaming today and I've had a really good time. I took a break, obviously, for some lunch and I've watched a bit of TV in there as well. So it's not been the whole day gaming, but it's been fun. And I got to a, a good point to stop. I, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I don't know. Rules light makes a lot of sense if you just want a kind of quick game, but um, I'm really enjoying the detail and I'm really enjoying sort of getting into the, um, I don't know, the, the sort of brutal realities <laughs> of playing GURPS, which is just awesome. There's some really good moments we've had in that game and uh, hopefully I can kind of edit up my notes and get those up onto a blog post as well. Anyway, game on, eh? Game on. Friday morning, I just finished playing through um, my GURPS sort of run-through game in the um, dungeon adventure. Uh, the party basically got counter-attacked by um, this evil fire priest, Califex, and um, he led some, you know, the remnants of the goblins in a counter-attack, and the only thing really for the party to do was to sort of redraw. So we had a fighting retreat, and they legged it, and um, I called it a day. It was a lot of fun. I learned an awful lot about the game and so many things, little de little details, if you like, in the rules that are so important. So really valuable. I'm feeling quite positive. Um, you know, it's still only about, it's about 10 a.m., I think, and I'm going to get a snack. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, I think the guy's around tonight to play some GURPS. So, yeah, up for a good day. Hey, Friday night, uh, just gone 11, the guys have just left. Um, Dave was off field today and couldn't make the session, but Ian and Andy both came along. We opted to build characters tonight. Um, so the guys have basically, we had a good chat and then we sat down. We built 125 point GURPS Dungeon Fantasy characters using the templates from Henchman. Um, and Andy's chosen an archer character. He's kind of building a scout um, rather than armed with a bow, he's actually armed with a sling and also knows how to use a spear thrower, has a spear and shield for close combat. And yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, and Ian has chosen an initiate, he's kind of going clerical and he's decided to have a sort of good pantheon initiate um, priest and... Uh, I think he's just still got to like really go through his spell choices, but other than that, he's pretty much built. And um, Ian, being the Munchkin, wants to like really maximise that, really kind of min max it. So I'm sure he'll be spending the next few weeks doing that. So it's just down to what Dave wants to play. There's been some noise from him online that he may want to go for a kind of tanky character, maybe um some sort of fighter type so um whether he'll go for the brute or the killer or the skirmisher i don't know but i look forward to finding out anyway it's been good um character building is a long and slow process with new players there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things to learn uh, using the rule books as a big encyclopedia to look up stuff lots of crunch there but i have to say once you've built your character it's very clear and evident as well as you're doing it that this is then you know, everything's on the sheet and it's really easy to play. So I'm um, looking forward to getting them going. We are thinking about possibly the second week of September as our starting point. So I've got some time. But uh, it was nice to see the guys. It was nice to sort of do that. And rather than play and finish off the adventure, actually it's ready to build characters, which is a good sign. So 
Yeah, good fun. I'm feeling quite positive, but I am tired. So, bedtime. That's it for another episode. Please let me know what you think and drop me an Anchor voice message to share your response. Either use the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash rpgrescue slash message. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left to wish you is a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster and this has been a Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal episode. See you again next week. Game on.